that. How many would like to have that in your life? That when you walk into a room, something happens. When you walk into a place, they, they recognize you. Not because of your outward appearance, not because of the word that you think of normally with attraction, but that the Christ that's in you attracts them. Amen. So that's what I want to talk about tonight, spiritual attraction. And, um, you know, P Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, imitate me or follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. 11 and 1. That's not where I'm wanting you to go tonight. But I want, to, I want you to just really think about this for a second because this is really, really the call that God has given us as believers is to be spiritually attractive. Okay, that, does that make sense tonight? Spiritually attractive. Now, when we think of that word, especially in society that we live in, it would be easy to think of, of looks and, and other things that when you hear the word attractive. But if you look at the definition of attraction, this is what it says. It says the action or power of evoking interest. Okay, so everything that I'm going to say tonight, I want you to think of it in the way of you causing somebody to want what Jesus has done in your life. Okay, I want you to have that mindset. So if we listen to the definition, it says the action or power of evoking interest, pleasure, or liking for someone or something. That means that I'm living my life in a way that is causing by power. Now, we know this isn't just a power of our words, but we have, thank God, the power of Christ inside of us. So it goes beyond that. We, we, we have a, uh, you know, some people can be attractive in many things, in many ways, but we have an advantage over all of them because we have the spirit of Christ in us. And so when we read this again, the action or power of evoking interest, I want my words, I want my actions, I want the way I live, I want the way I do, I want where I go, I want everything that I am to evoke interest in Jesus. Does that make sense? So, so we are in the week of coming up of Valentine's. We just mentioned that. And, and there's so many things that we should um, learn from that as, as, as it's not just, it's just like Easter. It's not just one time of the year that we should be thinking about those things, but we should be thinking about those things a lot. I want to talk to couples. I want to talk to singles. I want to talk to um, everything in between. Again, not just about what, what you'd think about at Valentine's Day, but I want you to think about the spiritual attraction that we give off. Here's another thing the definition says. A quality or feature or someone that evokes interest, liking, or desire. So a feature or a quality. Those are things in our lives that we should have qualities that, that shows Christ. I want you to think about what Paul said. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now, if you think about this as I think about it, he had to have had an a, a, a attractiveness about him that caused people to want to follow him. Right? He didn't just say it and they did it just out of obedience, but he was, he was living in such a way that people wanted to follow him because I can say that all day and you can say that all day. Follow me as I follow Christ, but if I'm not followable or I'm not spiritually attractive, then there's not going to be a draw to me or the thing that's in my life. And so we have to pray and ask God for a spiritual attractiveness. Okay? Now, again, this is not a, the outward appearance thing. This is something inside of me that is coming out. Here's another thing it says. A thing or place that draws visitors by providing something of interest or pleasure. Think about that. What an exciting thought to think that church is in the dictionary. 
right? A thing or place that draws visitors by providing something of interest or pleasure. So we we should be a church that draws interest from visitors because of our attractiveness spiritually. Somebody say amen. We all come in this place, and, and you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, about, about praise and worship, that it, is a, that it is a beautiful thing when we praise and worship. It's attractive. It draws people in. And, and so we, we, we learn to be that way. And so I want to think about this tonight, too. In the world, there's a lot of principles in the world that we uh, know of and hear of, and some of you have read about them. There's a worldly thought called the law of attraction. Okay, the law of attraction. Has anybody heard that? The law of attraction. And uh, what it basically talks about is this. And this is, if, if you don't get anything else tonight, get this, this quote right here. Because what the, what the law of attraction, this is a worldly statement, is makes so much sense in the spiritual realm. Because we got to understand that even the things that are in the world today, the science or sayings or thinking, all those things came after God. God invented it all. So it was there first in the word of God, and then they took it. And then they, for example, let me throw this in there just for example. We know the word karma. Karma is a word that a lot of people use that don't understand spiritual things. But the Bible, way before karma was invented, said, you'll reap what you sow. They just use a different word for it. But it's a, it's a biblical principle. And so there's a thing called the law of attraction. There was a book written called The Secret that made lots of money. And that was basically the idea. Um, I forgot who quoted it. You'll probably know better than me. It doesn't matter. There was a famous person who quoted, I am as I think I am. Okay? So we, we, we have these sayings that happen. And so we know the Bible says many things about that. And, and, and what I, like Mark, for example, if I believe anything's possible. So there's biblical principles, and then there's worldly principles, but there's some things in the world that we can listen to and, and use them for our spiritual walk. And here's what the law of attraction says. Think about this in your spiritual life. I attract to my life whatever I give my attention to. I attract to my life whatever I give my attention to. When you get around somebody for five minutes... You need to think about, do what, what do they know that I'm passionate about? Think about that. I'm not saying that in a condemning way. I'm not that saying that in any other way for you to think about it. If somebody's with you for five minutes, do they know what you're passionate about? And, and, and you know what? I shouldn't even say do they. They will know what you're passionate about. My hope is that they know my Jesus within those first five minutes and that, that I'm passionate about the Lord and that everything that I am passionate about revolves around the Lord and revolves around Jesus. And, and, and there'll be other things there. There'll be hobbies. There'll be things I do, but they will see Jesus in there and they will be attracted to that so it says I attract to my life whatever I give my attention focus and time to attention focus and time to if I give my attention and focus and time to the Lord I'm going to attract the Lord's things okay so this is a worldly thing the law of attraction but it makes sense for us and we're going we're to get into that scripturally tonight I want you to write this down. Three things I want you to think about. Three things that are spiritually attractive. And you know what? It, this, this could go in your marriage. This could go for single people. The, because if I'm looking for somebody, you know, one of the things that was spiritually attractive about my wife is that we met in church. 
We were in church together. I was, I was looking for a, a, a helpmate in my life. I had been saved, even though my mom told me not to go over to Costa Rica and get married. Amen. I, I, I wasn't really thinking about it, but when I was in service that morning, I, I looked across that congregation of a couple thousand people, and I saw a beautiful woman, but what really attracted to me to her was that she was worshiping God. How many are following me? So she was attractive physically, but she was more attractive than physically because spiritually she was in the place I wanted to be at and she was doing the things that I wanted to do. And we met in a place of common ground. And, and, and so there's, there's something to be said there about that there's a, a spiritual attraction. Number one is that of, a, of a spiritual attraction that we should desire to have in our life is a love for God. If you love the Lord, that's spiritually attractive. Now, that doesn't mean just for a helpmate or your spouse, but that means for people around you. It is spiritually attractive to love God and worship God. It is a a beautiful thing when we're in worship and we're praising the Lord that we get involved. Amen. We talked about, I'm not trying to go on that that for this whole message, but it's, it's it's a beautiful thing to see somebody who doesn't worry about other people, but they worry about what God thinks and they they, they close their eyes in worship. They clap their hands and shout. They do what the Bible says. There's something spiritually attractive about that. And, for example, if we want people to come into this place and be excited, then we have to be excited. Amen. Amen. We can't expect people to be excited if we're not excited. And, and so sometimes we got to get to where we move from this to getting our hands out of our pocket to clap. And then that next step is to get our hands up in the air. I know it's so hard. You know what? If you got to start with the cradle and the baby, do that. Amen? Cradle and the baby. There's the cradle and the baby. Start with that. Amen. Sometimes you got to start with that. And then later on, you can move to the getting arrested. Amen? And then finally, the goal is to get touchdown. Amen? Get a touchdown. Praise the Lord. But if you got to start somewhere, you got to start with cradle and the baby, start there. Amen? But there's something attractive about that. Listen to what Matthew 22, 37 says. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. We know that verse, but there's something attractive about somebody who loves God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their mind. Amen? Everything. They're all in. We're talking about something that draws somebody to want the Jesus that I want. If I'm watching somebody or somebody's watching me and I want them to know Jesus, a neighbor, a friend, a family member, I can't expect them to want something I don't really want. If I don't love the Lord my God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind, they're not going to love him that way either. But if I love the Lord with all my heart, all my mind, and all my soul, then there's going to be a desire in them to do the same thing because they're going to see that there's a true and passionate love in my life for the Lord. Amen. Number two, I'm, uh, this is a spiritually attractive, pursuing God's given purpose. How many know it's attractive to be around a person that has a purpose? One person, two people, amen. It's not attractive to see somebody who has no drive. 
It's not attractive to see somebody who has no reason to get out of bed in the morning. It's not attractive to be around somebody who has no go in them, who has no passion for anything. They just kind of wake up and say, whatever happens, happens. But when you find someone who says, hey, we're going to make something happen. I'm going to do something in my business. I'm going to do something for the Lord. I'm gonna, I have a reason why I got up this morning. I got a reason why I'm going to bed tonight. There's something that's attractive about that in me. There's something attractive about that in you. And it will cause others to do it. It's contagious to have a purpose. Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, all we've heard these verses, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what happens? What's the promise? All the things that I need will be added to me. Let me break it down like this. Seek, meaning aim at or strive after. I've got to aim every morning. When I, there's a purpose. I'm not just getting up and just hoping that God moves in my life. I'm, I'm getting up in the morning and striving and aiming that I would seek the Lord with all my heart and that it would be attractive not only to God but to other people and that they would want to seek God too. And then it goes on to say, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does that mean? His way of doing. His way of being right. The attitude and character of God. That's a powerful thing to think about. That if I, if I have a purpose, that I'm, I'm truly wanting to have the attitude and character of God. I'm truly wanting to do right. How many know for somebody who's wanting to do right, that's attractive? That's attractive. That draws. And remember, get, get away from the thought of attractiveness just in a relate. I'm talking about drawing, going back to what the definition said. The action or power of evoking interest. You want, you want people, uh, you, you, this, like I said, this could go a lot of different ways, but the biggest one, the grand scheme for everybody, is that everything I do would evoke interest in others to want the Lord that I have, to want Jesus. If we're not doing that, what are we doing? If that's not our common purpose, what are we doing? Why are we on this earth if we're not here to make a difference in somebody's life? But I have to live a life that is attractive spiritually attractive to other people, okay? I mean, you, if you get up in the morning and you're single, for example, and you're going through your day and you want to be noticed by somebody else, you have to put makeup on if you're a woman. You got to get yourself dressed if you're a man. You got to take a shower. You got to brush your teeth. You got to present yourself in a way that would be attractive to somebody else. And then something might happen. It's the same thing with God. I got to get up in the morning. I got to get myself ready. I got to put the Lord on. I got to put my best face forward. I got to spend some time with God and I will be attracted to other people around me where they'll say, that guy, that woman has something. I don't know what it is, but there's something they have I don't have. You know, I can't make you have that desire, but I have that desire. That is my desire. I want people to want what I have. And if you're a believer, you should want that. You can't be a child of God and not, you might not know you need to want it, but you need to want it. You need to be spiritually attractive. This is what Exodus 9.16, we're still on the pursuing the God-given purpose. 9.16 of Exodus says, I have raised you up for this very purpose. You know what's not attractive? I can't, I can't say it enough. Not having purpose is not attractive. Amen. Drive. Drive. Something, self-motivation. Can I get a better amen? amen. Self-motivation. 
in business, in work. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to seek the the kingdom of God. I'm going to shake the heavens. I'm going to get an answer. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to do something today. Amen. I'm not just going to let it take a week off or let a day go by. I'm going to have some drive. That's attractive. Amen. When you see somebody who's going somewhere and doing something and not just sitting back and just whatever happens, happens. There's something powerful about action. And my actions, going back again, should be powerfully evoking interest in the Lord that lives inside of me. So he says, I've raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. What's my purpose, Pastor? What am I supposed to do? Let me just read this verse again real quick. This very purpose is the reason I've raised you up. Why do I get up tomorrow? What should I do tomorrow? What's my purpose tomorrow? Let me quote God. This is the reason I raised you up for this purpose, that I might show you my power and my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Did you get the purpose? Let me just say it one more time just in case. He says that I have raised you up. Think of, I, have, I have woken you up in the morning for this very purpose. What purpose? To show his power in us? That's attractive. Power is attractive. I don't know anybody that's attracted to weakness. I don't know. Attra- weakness doesn't attract me. Can I get a better amen? Are y'all still here? Is so, am I wrong? Is weakness attractive? I didn't think so. Power is. Power is attractive. And so he says, I want to show my power. So power of God is attractive in my life. If the power of God is moving through my life, that attracts people. And so he says, I've raised you up to have my power in you that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Purpose. Purpose. Number three. This is very attractive. A person who has godly standards. Titus chapter 1, if you'll go there with me. Godly standards. That was a good place to say amen, by the way. You know, who, you know who, who, who's attracted by godly standards? God. God is attracted by godly standards. He, he likes people who, who stand up for his, for his word. Titus 1, verse 6 says, If a man is blameless... The husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accursed of dissipation or insubordination. A bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, and holy self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine to exhort and convict those who contradict. Isn't it attractive to see somebody who says, no, that's not happening. No, I'm standing for this. No, I'm not going to do that. See, everybody can do anything. Y'all are still here, right? Everybody and anybody can do anything. It's easy to do what everybody does. 
It's easy to go where everybody goes. It's easy to say what everybody says. But it really is attractive to see a person who says, this is what I believe. I'm going to stand on it. And no matter what anybody else does, this is what God's word says. This is how I'm going to live. And I'm going to live by it whether I'm the only one on the island that lives by it. There's something that is attractive to that. Meaning it causes somebody to be interested the, 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 the doing what everybody else does, watch this, the doing what everybody else does is not attractive because it's a big group and you can't see them. You can't see a person in a big group. But when somebody's alone and standing on their own and saying, no, I'm going to be different from everybody else, there's something that attracts them and interests them. It says, you know what, they might even have the same convictions, but they say, man, I wish I had that kind of intestinal fortitude. I wish I had that kind of boldness to stand alone. I wish I, wish I, I, wish I, would, I wish I could do that. And you can. You just got to make a decision. And, and, and one of the biggest things there in that verse is that we're self-controlled. That we're self-controlled. That we say, I can be different today. I can wake up with a purpose to be a spiritually attractive man or woman that other people will want to do what I do, say what I say, go where I go, act like I act. Because the world seems to be like a bunch of robots. Everybody does the same thing. Everybody acts crazy. Everybody does what they want to do. But something sets us apart when we're different from other people. Amen. Y'all still here? So inside of attraction, I want to close with this tonight. There's different kinds of attractions. And again, this, this can be inside of relationships. This can be inside of marriage. This can be inside of, of all these things, and they can all fit different ways. Um, the, the main one I'm talking about is spiritual attraction, but there's also an emotional attraction. Okay? An emotional attraction. Meaning, again, could be inside of a relationship, could be someone who's, who's, who's liking another person for a relationship, could be inside of the marriage, or it could just be something of a friendship, or it could be something, again, that draws a person to believe in Christ. But the emotional attraction is this. There's something attractive about a person who values other people around them. When you sit back and watch that, there's something attractive about that, that meaning that it's interesting when, when you see somebody who thinks less of themselves and more of somebody else. That's a spiritual quality. We should be emotionally attractive. You know what? It doesn't come automatic. It takes work. It takes decision-making. It, it, it takes decisiveness. Uh, just, just saying somebody else matters. I, I mentioned this Sunday in Colorado Springs that one of my favorite shows, I don't really watch it that much, but when I watch it, it always challenges me, which is Undercover Boss. Yeah. Haven't seen that show? Go watch that show. Get it on Netflix. Somehow watch that show. You will be a better person. You will be a better believer after watching that show. It is totally, absolutely, I'm not going to ask who hasn't seen it to raise your hand, but if you haven't, I, I challenge you tonight as a pastor to watch that show. Tonight, go get a show. You won't watch just one, though. That's the problem. Carl and I were able in the hotel to watch a couple episodes, and I, it, it just challenges me every time. And, and, and like I said, Sonny, in case you've been living under a rock and don't know what show that is, let me just give you a quick, quick tie-in of what it is. It is, it is companies 
who, who get their CEO or their president or their owner and they go to their job, their workplace, and they go as a, they put a wig on, they put, grow a beard, they put makeup on, they, they go in as a, just a regular employee who's in training and they go to see how their operation is working. They go to see how things are functioning. Because those CEOs and those presidents and those people in the big offices and the big companies, they lose, they get disconnected from their employees who make them their money. Okay? Now, this can be related in our relationships. You can get disconnected from the people who matter the most. And they go in there, and they, and they start talking, and they start seeing how the operation works. And it's always funny to me that these people are CEOs of companies that they cannot do the job that their company does. It's always funny to me. Like, they literally can. I saw a guy on Sunday who, who was, a, was the CEO of a humongous industrial company, and they build things, and this dude could not put a screw in a wall. I mean, literally, he could not put a screw in a wall. I'm thinking, how in the world did this guy become the CEO of this company? But he was. But it's so powerful because they start talking to these people and they start asking them, hey, how, how they get beyond, watch this, they get beyond work and they get to about the person. Hey, how, do you have any kids? Do you have any family? And then they begin to hear, yeah, I've got cancer. My mom's dying. Um, I'm losing my house. They just hear all the, I don't have a car. They, they hear all these different stories. And this person uh, that's the CEO, 98% of the time is super touched. And, and, they're, and, they, and they're like, wow, I can't believe that this is going on in my company. Or I can't believe this neglect is taking place. And I can't believe. And so they, they go and they meet with these people later. They reveal themselves. And they say, There's, here's some changes that I'm going to do. But the biggest thing behind this show is that these CEOs learn to value the people in their company. It is attractive to, be, to value other people. Meaning that we can get, be, you know, this takes sometimes getting out of our shell, getting beyond just, hey, how are you doing, and saying, hey, how are you doing? And then really caring. And then really trying to pray for that situation or really trying to see how you can, how you can help. Some people are really good at that. Some people are really good at saying, hey, I, I, can, I can help there. I can, I, can, I, can, I can work that out. And then the jealousy part for me in this is, is that at the end, they have a lot of money. And they're always able to bless these people with things that they need. And to me, it's just like God to a child. He goes in there and he says, let me help you with this. I've seen your problems. I've seen your struggles. And I, I just hit that because I'm telling you, we need that as a challenge as, as believers to care more about people. We need to care more about people, amen? We need to value people more. That's attractive. And the other thing is speak life to people. Okay, this is important. Did you know that when affairs take place in marriages, it's not a, it's not a, a physical attraction first? A great percentage of affairs don't happen by physical attraction first. They happen because the other person is speaking life over them. When their spouse is not. Can I get an amen? amen. You've got to be careful that you speak life to your spouse. You've got to be careful because if you don't listen in your kids, you've got to speak life to your kids. You've got to speak life to the people in your church, the people around you. We need, to, we need to speak good things. We need to find those qualities and those positives in each other because there's always negatives. There's always, those are always going to be there, and we all have them. 
but we need to learn to speak life because listen to this closely. If you don't speak life over people, somebody will. Somebody will speak life over your spouse. Somebody will speak life over your kids. Somebody will speak life over your friends. Somebody will speak life over your church. Can you, can you, are you getting me? We have to speak life. It's important. This is an emotional attraction. And another one is we need to think good thoughts about people. The Bible says that whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's honest, whatever's noble, on those things, those things think. Amen? And so that, that is a spiritual attraction for us. And then we obviously know I'm not even going to spend time on the physical. The physical is something that's very, very obvious. A physical attraction doesn't usually have to even, even, even be planned. It just happens. You know, you, you as a spouse here tonight, you, you were attracted, as I said with my wife. I was physic- I Yes, she was praising the Lord, but there was a lot of ladies in her area praising the Lord. So there was a physical attraction. To her, to her, but I don't. I'm not spending time on that. I want you to understand that what we have to understand is in in First Samuel 16, David is is going to be chosen as a leader, and they're lining up all these men who the father thinks are going to be the person who should take the place of the king, and and Samuel makes a statement that we should all remember. He says, "Don't look at his appearance or physical stature." He says, because I have refused him, the Lord does not see as man sees. Okay, now that should be for us as well. That It's not about the physical, it's about the spiritual. It's not about what's on the outside. It's not about how I look on the outside, although we should take care of ourselves. We should, we, that should be, that, that's important. But what matters is what's inside. That's what, that, you know what, that's what to married couples, that's what's going to keep you in love with each other when you physically cannot be attracted to each other anymore. There will come a day when that physical attraction will no longer be there. You'll get to an age, or if it's not totally gone, it'll be less. And you have to love something besides flesh. You got to love the person. You got to love the, the, the talks. you got to love something about them inside. And you better work on that now. Don't wait until you get to a certain age and then you look at each other and say, that's all I had. That's all I had. Now what? Don't do that. Fine. But see that as believers, that should never be a problem because Christ is in us. We should be in love and attracted to the Christ that lives in our spouse. Amen. Attracted to that. That should draw us together. The physical is a bonus. And listen, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that tonight, but that's, that's, that is a gift of God. That's a gift from God. The physical is a gift from God for married couples. That's a gift. But that's a bonus. It's just a bonus. Because I should be in love with my wife she should be in love with me because of the Christ that lives in us. And if that's strong, there's nothing else that can tear it apart. And, and people around me should see the Christ in me, want the Christ in me, desire the Christ in me. And if I have that, then I don't have to worry about them not liking 
the way I look on the outside or, or maybe not having the same hobbies they have or maybe not doing the same things they do. They're going to see something in me that attracts them, pulls, drags, draws, forces them to look at me and say, I don't know what it is. But you got, you have, I, I, you, I just, tell me what you got. Don't you want people to ask you that? I do. I want people just to say, what is it? What is it that you have? Let me tell you. And you can tell them. That, that's, there's no greater draw than that. And that's what I want to challenge us tonight. To be spiritually attractive. Amen? Not, not physically, spiritually, emotionally. On the, on the, by action. That our physical is the very last thing. My dad says, easy on the eyes. Amen? It's good for to be easy on the eyes. Amen? But that's the last thing. First thing should be that spiritual and emotional attraction. Lord, I pray tonight that what I've said is a challenge. I accept it. I want it. I desire it. Lord, that we would, that we would major in this minor. And God, as I read back this one part, that I would attract to my life whatever I give my attention and focus and time to. That what's passionate in me would come out and understand that that's, that's what's going to draw people to me. And, and I pray tonight personally that it would be Jesus, that it would be you, the Christ that lives in me. Lord, that there'd be a, an attraction from people tomorrow in the store, at the workplace, at the school, everywhere I go, everything I do, Lord, would draw an interest of people to want what I have. And Lord, that we as a church would be that place and that point of interest that God would be so exciting in here. It'd be so electric in our services. It'd be so joyful in our services. It'd be so powerful in our services that God, people would want to be here. And they wouldn't want to miss church for the Super Bowl. They wouldn't want to miss church for work. They wouldn't want to miss church for anything, God. They're, they would be so excited about church that they wouldn't miss it because they might miss out on something life-changing. That's our desire as a church tonight, that we would be a place of interest, a point of interest. God, that when people come to this city, just like when you go to a city to find something to do, God, that we would be a point of interest power would be in this place, that love would be in this place, that there would be an attraction, an attraction to people to come in and have what we have tonight, Lord. And if, if we're not excited about it, help us to get excited about it tonight, Jesus. Father, I pray tonight for anybody and everybody in this place that doesn't know you, that's not saved, that's not born again, that tonight they would make sure their hearts are right with you. Tonight they would make sure that they're born again. That their names are in the Lamb's book of life. Because that's the purpose of God for our lives. That we would know His power. And that His name would be known and proclaimed throughout all the earth. Tonight how many could say, I've never said that prayer. Pray for me tonight. I'm not saved. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. I don't know the Lord. I'm not saved. I'm not born again. That's, 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 the, that's the thing we need to make sure our coworkers know. 
That's the question we need to ask. Hey, are you born again? Hey, if you died today, would you, would you stand before God as a judge or a savior? You know, that question will prick somebody's heart. That's not just my job in a church service. That's your job at work. That's your job to live such a life that it evokes interest in you. That you're joyful. I know you're going to have some sad days. Let's stand to our feet. I know you're going to have some sad days, some days where you're going through something. But, man, remember, people are watching you. People are watching you. And they gotta, they got to see something in us that they want. we got to be different. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So i got to wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm going to put my happy face on. How can I be sad anyways? No matter what I'm going through, can't take away my salvation. Can't take my name out the book of life. This is just temporary. Amen? This too shall pass. Tomorrow's a new day. And there's some real struggles we face. But you know what? Other people are facing those struggles too. What's the difference between us and them? We've got to have something different about us. And that's Jesus. Amen? That's Jesus. And if we'll let him come out, he'll manifest himself in our lives. And we'll walk in his power. You know what? Your words are really important. How about praying in the morning? God, put your words in my mouth. That when I say something to somebody, they feel it. They feel it. They feel the love of God in my life. They feel the conviction in my life. It's not about trying to convince somebody through your words alone. But if it's inside, it'll come out. And they'll feel it. Amen. This is a challenge tonight. The altars are open. Pray at your seat. Pray here at the altar. But let's, let's ask the Lord tonight. Let's make our prayer. Father, I want to be spiritually attractive. I want to be a person that draws people to you. I want people to see Jesus in me tonight. Amen. Let's take a few moments tonight on this Wednesday night. And let's ask God to help us speak life over people. Help us to be spiritually and emotionally attractive to people so that they would want what we have tonight. In Jesus.